I'm Carrie Brett, and you're listening to Shot at Love. Isn't it time you took a shot at love? Took a shot on yourself? Believe you were worthy of true love? Is there a more effective way to date? Can you find love? Hell yeah. And I'm going to show you how it's done. We've got Jill Jardine, the cosmic queen, in the house today. Um, Jill is is a counselor in psychology. She was uh, she's a spiritual intuitive. She's an astrologer and a psychic healer. She's actually my psychic healer that I can't leave home without. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Carrie. So happy to be here. So uh, you're on Tinder right now. How's it going? Uh, well, I like to go in and do field research with it and sort of see what's going on there. Um, and, you know, I am without a husband at the moment, so I thought I'd go check it out. Why not? Um, your past husband was a rocket scientist. Yes, correct? my first husband was a Ph.D. astrophysicist, and we have a progeny from him who's going to get his Ph.D. in psychology. And then the second husband was Ph.D. in mathematics. MIT. So you like these smart guys. Well, it's the left brain to balance my creative right brain. So it's a nice Shiva Shakti balance. (laughs) That's excellent. So um, do you think people are true to their signs? Oh, yeah. Well, look, I mean, right, hands down, best sign, Aquarians. Oh, absolutely. Then then Gemini would come next, then Cancer. Um, No, it's... The sun sign is quite generalization, but you can see that there are certain keynotes and it's a good ray for the women to read the men they're going to be going on their Tinder dates with. There are some standard keynotes to each sign uh, and how they manifest differently for male and female of the same sign. For instance, Aquarian men are very aloof and that they can be very unpredictable and noncommittal. Interesting. Yes. Now, did you ever date an Aquarian man? Oh, yes. Two, three, <laughs> four. Ten, twelve. Uh, well, it was, two of them were born on the same day, the 18th of February, which is very cuspal, which is, you know, the last day of Aquarius, first day of Pisces. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting because that conjuncted my south node in my sign, in my, my chart. South node is where you've been, past life stuff. So... Right. Those February 18th Aquarian men had past life connections with me. So now we're both Aquarians. And yeah. our most c- compatible sign is Libra. Yeah. Nah. Sometimes. Sometimes. I don't know. You have to look at more than the sun sign. You have to look at um, the moon sign because that shows the emotional body. Mm-hmm. And that is, the moon changes every two and a half days. So you have to look up in something called an ephemeris which is showing you where all the planets are for any given day to figure out what your moon sign is. And moon is how you connect emotionally. Interesting. Yes. So that's a big connection. And if people have like a sun-moon connection, that's a great indication of compatibility astrologically. Wow. So I use astrology in my photography. And so when I photograph a celebrity or a cover or just anyone, I just know first... The only thing I really look up is when they were born. So I know what the basics about them and how far I can push them. And when I was dating on Tinder, I used astrology before I went on any date. And we would always pull 
um, their chart before I would waste my time going on a date. I remember those days, and I remember some days the stars were so aligned for you that we would have you like on a Friday, auspicious day, Venus ruled, Venus, the goddess of love. Sometimes we'd have you stack those dates back to back. Right. <laughs> a lunch one, an <laughs> afternoon one, and an evening one. Right. To take the most of the uh, auspicious alignments that day for you. Right. So there's definitely better days to date and days not to date. Do you want to talk about that? Well, yes. Um, so Tuesday traditionally wouldn't be such a good day because that's a Mars day. It's ruled by the planet Mars. So there could be more conflict on a Tuesday. And Thursday and Friday are actually the best because Thursday is ruled by Jupiter, the guru or cosmic Santa Claus, bestowing blessings <laughs> upon the dating people. And then Friday is probably the best day because it's Venus the day ruled by Venus. Freya comes from Freya, the Nordic goddess of love, who is, you know, the counterpart to the Roman Venus. So um, Friday's a very good day, especially if you wear white, because that Venus likes white and, oh. and pastel-y colors. Interesting. And wear your bling, wear your white sapphires and diamonds. Right. Those are Venus's gems. Well, men love bright. And shiny things anyway. So if you're wearing a lighter color and you're bejeweled, I don't think that's not going to hurt right. you. I mean, I do have a caveat about Mars. So Mars is red. You're wearing Mars colors today. Hmm. And that is actually if you're going on a Tinder date and you have one goal, which is, um, let's just put it this way, is more physical or sexual, the red and Mars will help you with that. If you actually want to cultivate a potential boyfriend, then maybe be careful with the red and the Mars energy. Right. I think I remember that now. One time you were wearing red and you did tell me that. You know, that that's very interesting about Friday night because I find working and date when I was dating as a single mom, by the time Friday comes, I'm tired. I just want to yes. put on sweats and, you know, just watch TV and go to bed. So I think that's good to push yourself on a Friday rather than a Saturday because typically right. most people just go out on a Saturday. The interesting thing about a Saturday, it's ruled by Saturn, the Lord of Karma. So sometimes there may be challenges on Saturdays because, you know, Saturn's in charge and Saturn likes it, you know, likes black and navy colors. So, you know, you may have some karmic lessons on your Tinder date. And traditionally, Saturday is actually a good day. If you want to kind of clear up Saturn or karmic issues in your chart that can be beyond Saturn, um, give away things to uh, elderly people because Saturn is the Lord of Karma and Death, the Grim Reaper of astrology. So give clothes or food or something to elderly people or to people who are less privileged than you. And that's a way that you can clean up some karmic stuff on Saturday. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about getting the keys to the kingdom. So how do you find out people's signs that you're texting on Tinder? My sister Erin used to make fun of me because I just would always say to people that I was talking to, what's your sign? I love astrology. And she's like, can you tone that down? You know, that's yeah. the, that's a little ridiculous. Like you're like a... a 
the, white the, witch here. Like, ev- why are you the, telling people this? The evangelical dudes aren't going to like that too much right, if you ask them what their sign is. I finally just got to the point. I'm like, but I do love astrology. I love it. I believe it. I use it in my photography. It's who I am. So I don't want to hide who I am. If they can't handle the fact that I'm asking them their birthday, well, then they're not going to last very long on a date with me anyways. Right. They didn't make it through the first screening. Right. If they don't approve of your... If they're not open-minded right. to other ways of thinking. Yes. And, you know, you asked how to get that. Sometimes you can get it right in the initial contact conversations, just as a conversation piece. Right. And other times you can tell them you need them to um, have their time of birth by the time you are on the date with them. <laughs> and if they ask why, just say, you know, I'm just curious. <laughs> You know, I'm just going to pull your chart, go to my psychic healer, <laughs> like most people do on a Tinder date. We're just going to find out what your shadow content is so that we know what we're dealing with here and we can see if you're really still married. Totally. Oh, my gosh. So, um, you know, another thing you could do is play dumb. You know, if you didn't really want to openly admit that you like astrology like I did, um, you could say like, really believe in the signs per se but do you you know when is your birthday so that's another way of kind of getting that information um because for me I didn't want to waste time so if I I wanted to know right out of the gate if I was going to be compatible with this person so that's why astrology is so important in dating some of them like it they it gives them an excuse to call their mom and find out when they were born if they don't know and you know, they can find out that they were a breach birth and they can find out that the mother had a near death when they were giving birth to them <laughs> and all kinds of interesting things like that. I don't think I would go on a date with that person. <laughs> that might explain some of their issues, right? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, so can you tell me why astrology is the religion for millennials? Yeah, this is a new thing. I just saw it in the New York Times, a whole article that astrology is the religion of the millennials. So, I mean, I guess I was 30 years too early, but right. they they use it for everything. And all the big companies out there in Silicon Valley have their astrologers to tell them, you know, when to do the big business dealings. And um, I, have a, I have a son who's 26 and he's out in Austin and um, he's getting his PhD, but he studied Vedic astrology. Um, which is the astrology from India, and he's very good at it, you know, second-generational astrologer, I guess. But all his friends, they're all the kids in the 20s and 30s, they're all about astrology. And it's I think it's really, really refreshing. I'm so happy that the Aquarian age is finally here and that these, these youngsters are going to be enlightened with astrology. But there's different levels to it, and some of, you know, they're looking at stuff online, and some of that it can be a little bit like... Uh, astrology fluffernutter. So, you know, I think it's best when they actually go and get real readings from people who, you know, can help them and not just throw a little bit of a soundbite. Jupiter's conjuncting your son. This is a good time for you. You know, it's good to know things a little bit more in depth. Right. And, uh, you know, these millennials will pay a lot of money for uh, astrology. My son paid this guy, a Vedic astrology guy from India, $200 for a 10 minute reading, I couldn't believe. And I'm like, why didn't you just pay your mom to give you a reading? Right. But no, of course he wanted a neutral party. But yeah, that's that's kind of how this has been opened up now in the last, this is really in the last five years. So for me, when I, when I was feeling so alone in, you know, say the dead of winter, 
relationships ended. I'm in bed alone in the morning. I'm so depressed. I'm so fearful for the future. It was so comforting to me to be able to go to, you know, horoscopes.com and plug in what was going to be happening for me that month as far as being a single person. So you can look up your day based on love, your career. And that was something that gave me a lot of comfort and hope. And Thankfully, I had you as my life coach and psychic healer to help guide me and navigate through this difficult time. Um, You were definitely the person who was so influential in my life for to have me believe in hope. Yeah, that's why um, it's such a great tool. I mean, the uh, psychologist Carl Jung thought astrology was like a wonderful psychological tool for people to give them hope and to help them understand themselves, kind of like in the Hermetic temples, it was written, know thyself. So any level of self-knowledge that we can garner from anywhere, astrology or a dream evaluation analysis or numerology or um, the Enneagram is coming back, um, it's great because when you have self-knowledge, you become empowered And you even know with astrology, timing like this too will pass. Saturn sitting on my natal Saturn. I'm in the middle of my Saturn return. 28 to 30 year olds, they have that transit. Um, It will pass, but it is going to be challenging while you go through it and you'll make some big life changes. So it's really good with astrology to know the timing of the good cycles and when there may be more challenging ones. Absolutely. And so when you're dating, you need a Tinder toolkit. You need tools of yes. the trade to, to navigate. And if you have astrology, you can use that as a tool. Absolutely. As we said earlier, you can see that like, I'm having a malefic transit on next Wednesday. I'm not going to go on a date that day, but it looks really good on the 20th of the month. I'm going to go on, you know, find a really good one that I like and schedule the date then and then, as we said, even looking and seeing what holds, you know, what are the secrets behind the potential dates chart? Absolutely. So when we come back, we're going to talk about which days to avoid going on a date. Here are today's Tinder tips. Number one, if you feel lost, astrology is a great place to find hope. Without hope, all is lost. It's amazing how things quickly turn around when you believe this is temporary and great new things are headed directly toward you. Number two, talk to someone. Find a therapist or a psychic healer. They are wonderful guides who remind you of your worth. A person is unstoppable once you realize you deserve better. Number three, avoid full moons and eclipses, choosing that first date. Dating is tricky enough without the stars interfering. Welcome back, Jill. So you're going to get into days to avoid going on a date. Yes. And by days, we mean, uh, where is the moon? So full moon gets a lot of rap and it really isn't the best time to go on a date because it tends to bring out the worst in people. That's why the name lunacy and lunatic comes from lunar, the moon. So people tend to be a little bit more neurotic and psychotic and crazy at full moon. So probably not the best 
game face for Tinder on a full moon, but a new moon, which is when the moon and sun are together, new beginnings is always an auspicious time to go on a date. And then pretty much in the mainstream, everybody knows about Mercury retrograde. Mercury is the planet of communication and three times a year for three weeks at a time, it goes retrograde or in reverse. So that may not be the best time to initiate, let's say, going on a date with somebody new. However, it can be very good to reconnect with somebody from the past. Um, Maybe that you had in your stream earlier and didn't reconnect with or you didn't follow up when they were trying to chat you on the stream. Mercury retrograde is a good time to go back and try to rekindle that on Tinder. Hmm. Like going back to an ex. I always say going back to an ex is like reheating French fries from McDonald's. <laughs> yes. A it's never st- a good idea. <laughs> they still stay stoggy after all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so new moons, very good. Mercury retrograde for reconnection with an old flame or, or a Tinder person that you didn't really activate properly. And then there's other things we look at, like, you know, transits of Saturn, not so good uh, to personal planets. Transits of Jupiter, very good for new beginnings. What about uh, lunar eclipses and... No, no, no. Right? Yes, very, very malefic, according to the ancients. (laughs) Malefic times. Yes, this is the time when you want to stay inside and chant your mantras. You need to, um, yeah, you don't want to initiate anything. Well, the thing about eclipses, they block the, either the light of the sun or the moon. So that's literally like the date is getting eclipsed. So is that when the shadow comes out? Would you say? Yes, it gets shadowed. It gets eclipsed. So things don't tend to work out the way you want them to around eclipses. Okay. So people tend to find alternatives when the bottom falls out in their life. And I grew up Irish Catholic. I never really thought I would have a psychic healer in my life. Um, A friend of mine was getting divorced, had found you. She, I think, carried your card around for about a year and then went to see you. And when I first, when I was going through a hard time, when my daughter was three, when I got divorced, I found you and you became, if it wasn't for my friend Kelly, who went to you first and convinced me that you wouldn't tell me anything bad and I wouldn't be traumatized by going to a psychic healer, I don't think I would have gone. I don't know that I would have been open. I don't know that everyone is always open to that kind of healing, but it was a lifesaver for me. So thank you. I'm glad I was able to help you, Carrie. And you kind of bring up a good point. You know, in this day and age with all the internet and a lot of people putting their shingles out there on the internet, that I still get my clients mostly from word of mouth. And it's like the friend of the friend. Kelly was referred by Anna, who was who saw me at a gig and I gave her an on the spot reading, blew her mind. She was Italian. Italians love astrology, I find. Even the very Catholic ones, they still like their psychics and mediums and astrologers. So it's kind of the cosmic pipeline sends those clients to us, sends the clients to me that I can help. Right. And that's the beauty of the process is like you get the people in the universe, kind of like how we screen out people on Tinder. The universe will screen out the people that you can't help uh, in this kind of work that I do. Right. I want to talk about mantras and how beneficial they've been in my life. Why don't you explain to the listeners what mantras are? Okay. So in Western astrology, which everybody is familiar with, um, and, you know, is the sun sign astrology we see in newspapers, 
that is called Western. It's based on something called the tropical zodiac. And you go to a Western astrologer, you're not going to, you know, you're going to hear what's happening with your planets, but you're not really going to get remedies um, most of the time. So the difference is that um, I actually give remedies as a Western astrologer, but I also practice Vedic, which is the astrology from India. And in the Vedic astrology, we give Sanskrit mantra as remedies. And the beauty about Sanskrit is that it is a vibrational language. That's why up until about 50 years ago, only the Brahmin priests were allowed to initiate or, you know, transmit mantras to people. Nowadays, uh, our teacher, Namadeva Acharya, Thomas Ashley Farand, um, and his teacher, Sadhguru Sankeshavadas, brought mantras to the West. And what they are, they're the sacred sound formulas which effect a change in your physical as well as energetic uh, bodies or what we call your spiritual physiology. And so it will make shifts and you will start vibrating with the frequency of what the mantra is for. For instance, Om Shri Mahalakshmiye Swaha is a prosperity mantra to the goddess of abundance. So the more you chant that, the more you're going to vibrate on this prosperity frequency. Okay. So when you first taught me mantras, I was getting divorced with a three-year-old. And back then there was no Tinder or match. We didn't even text each other. We just, you know, would go out to a bar and hope that someone would come up to you and talk to you. So I was about 34 years old and I was working at the Improper Bostonian, had my studio. And you said, I'm going to teach you how to do mantras. And the first one you gave me was Aham Prema. And that means love. So yes. I wanted love. So I started doing it to see, you know, I would have done anything at that point to, to help myself. And so I started doing Aham Prema, Aham Prema. Well, that week... I had three, out of nowhere, I had three different guys who wanted to date me, which was unbelievable. And then years later, I was surviving a breakup, and I was really at rock bottom. And I kept hearing a hum prema as I would drive, as I was driving in the car, I could hear it in my head, a hum prema. But I was so disgusted and so down with the way my life was at the time that I just kind of said goodbye to mantras and didn't have hope and didn't believe about anything. And I remember I was picking up my daughter and I, I was crying. And, I, and my mom came to the door and she said, you've got to stop crying. You've got to get a hold of yourself like this. You've got to find happiness. And I looked at her and I said, I, believe, I have prayed, I've done everything I can to fix my life, and I can't. And I said, I believe God has forgotten me. I mean, what a desperate thing to say. And so that weekend, I remember it was Father's Day weekend, I ran into a, um, a pro athlete, and he saw me and he said, Carrie, you've got to get your groove back because you're such a great person and I hate to see you this sad. So I got in my car with that little pep, pick me up and I went to Namadeva's wife. Namadeva had passed, but he's still with us. Yeah, Sachabama Ashley Farand, his wife. So I went a to a workshop. I walk into this workshop late and I wasn't going to go because I was so depressed. And at the, that we braked, we had a break and this woman who was a medium, I didn't even know her, came up to me and she said, are you Carrie Brett? I said, I am. She said, I saw you photograph Namadeva in this very room in 2008. And I said, oh, that's, that's interesting. And she said, 
Namadeva wants to know why you stopped doing a hum prema. That and, was our guru. That was our I mantra said, guru. And I said, I had tears in my eyes. And, and she said, do you know, Namadeva wants you to know, what does a hum prema mean? Do you know what a hum prema means? And I said, yeah, it's to find love. And she said, no, it also means love thyself. And until you love yourself, you can't bring in love. And from that moment on, I started doing a hum prema. And it's such an easy mantra to do. Right. It, it's like for people who don't want to get involved with longer ones, a right. hum prema. And then you just start vibing on that love frequency, which is what happened for you. Right. Very simple. I mean, how, you know, the how, simple intervention. It is. And I remember I, I had gone, I had a series of many relationships before I found the, my boyfriend today. And I went to you and I said, I have had it. I need the mother loader chance. I, I want a guy, not next week, not Friday, today. And you said, okay, it's really long. You've got to do it for 11 days in a row. And we have the tape of you teaching me the mantra on my iPhone. And two days later, I was out on a date with Scott. Om Shreem Reem Kleem Shreem Lakshmi Racha Gacha Mama Mandir Tista Tista Swaha to the goddess. Lakshmi, goddess of love and prosperity. Amazing. So the thing about mantras, though, I should say that now they're all over the internet, which is cool, but the most powerful ones are to get through like a lineage through an actual teacher. And that's, you know, Carrie and I studied with Thomas Ashley Ferrand, who is a famous mantra teacher. But there's some on the internet that are called Vashkarani mantras, and they're kind of black magic. So stay away from that. You know, you don't, if you, it's like playing with fire. You know, mantras, you can heat your house, you can cook food, or you can burn down the house. So you really have to be discriminating and, you know, work with a professional. Okay, good advice. If you have an astrologer or a psychic healer in your back pocket, you can be one step ahead of them. You can suss it out ahead of time. And if people wanted to get a hold of me and have a session with me, my website is www.jill.com. Jardine, J-A-R-D-I-N-E dot com. And we talked a little bit about Sanskrit mantra. We can refer people to my teacher's website that is maintained by his widow, who's also a guru and spiritual teacher in her own right, www.sanskritmantra.com. Great. Well, Jill, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Kara. It was a lot of fun. It's a pleasure to be here. It was great. Keep on swiping. Namaste.